when when there's when it, there's no organization when there's no planning mediocrity reigns right like me like you you won't be able to you won't be at your full capacity you won't be as most as the most productive as you can be because you it's almost impossible you you haven't planned for it you haven't transitioned you haven't set up your mind for it what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the podcast i am stoked that we have made it to 30 episodes but we are nowhere near stopping but I would not have been able to get where I am right now without all of your support. So thank you for tuning in each week and listening to the podcast and supporting me. Today, I am joined by Marielle Arias, who is a recent graduate of Dickinson College and is developing his online presence and building his personal brand to provide tons of value and content on the topics of personal finance, positivity, and self-development. And he also writes book reviews on The Success Bug, which is a blog and podcast that you guys can go check out. Professionally, Marielle is currently attempting to transition into the commercial real estate industry. He's currently using online courses and resources to teach himself the skills necessary to excel in his future roles. Marielle has chosen multifamily real estate uh, as his future investment vehicle of choice and hopes to build wealth to ensure he has the time and freedom to make a difference and continue serving his audience. He recently published a course on Udemy on the topic of resume writing, and the course contains strategies and tips that have helped him secure positions at big corporations such as Bank of America, Bloomberg, and many others. Throughout this conversation, we also discuss how everyone's path to success is different to not judge yourself on what others are doing, living below your means and avoiding lifestyle inflations, the tools to keep a sharp mindset, including daily practices and habits, how to find your niche, and how reading daily can change your life, and so much more. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review as it helps me out a ton. Again, thank you for helping me get to 30 episodes, and I can't wait to see where we're going to go from here. So without further ado, Marielle Arias. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode today. I'm joined by the man, Mariel Arias. Mariel, thank you so much for being on with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me. So you've been up to a lot of good stuff lately, but now been putting out a lot of good content, uh, been writing reviews on books and doing the same thing on YouTube and creating courses. So uh, you've been providing a lot of value to people and that's the kind of people I want to have on this podcast are, you know, relatable people that others will be able to take something from and then apply it to their own life. So, you know, the first thing when you come to your profile on Instagram, the first thing you see is positivity, success and financial freedom. So can you talk about that a little bit and you know, how that relates to your life and what you do? Yeah, man. I mean that I was thinking of my, my Instagram is, was my personal Instagram for, you know, for the, the whole time I've had it. And then as I transitioned into, you know, being a public figure and make going from private to public and, and saying, you know what, I want to post actual content on it. I said, what are the, what are the words that come to mind about, you know, the, the general themes of my content? And, you know, I think it, with my IG stories, with my posts, you can see positivity is going to be at the forefront of it. I'm not like, I'm not going to, you know, just post about like complaining and, and I'm just not going to post about things like that. I'm, I'm moreover going to just post things about finding solutions and like different things you can do to improve, you know, either it's financial situation or, or your career prospects. So I think the general theme of positivity was definitely something I wanted to focus on. Um, and then financial freedom. I mean, that's at the the, the core of, of what it is. I want to I want to promote, right? I want to put that content out there. I think there's a serious gap in just financial education in this country. And so, um, whether it's from the books I read, whether it's from the people I follow, and and 
the wealthy people I study, just trying to put out those habits and, and those little quick tricks and strategies that I've found over the years. Um, that's really going to be the forefront of the page. You know, I, you upload a lot of your tweets uh, that you put on. I mean, Twitter's a, it's a great platform to just thoughts out quick and it's seen and you can share it very easily. So, yeah. and then, you know, that's, that's a trend too, is posting your tweets to Instagram and uh, using that. So, you know, cross-platform, um, you know, yeah. doing that. So, and that's very effective. So where does that come from? Like, where does that desire to become a public figure and to put this content out there? Where does that come from? Because I'm the same way in becoming a content creator. It's not easy. And there's obviously something that sparks it. So what sparked it for you? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was, um, I was following someone and one of his main messages was, it's not who you know, it's who knows you, right? Uh, Who, you know, and part of that was, was, you know, what do I want to be known for legacy? And and I think influence is something important to me. Um, But I also really want to help people. And so when I was kind of targeting, you know, what, what can I help people with? What's something I'm passionate about that I think, like, where is the gap, right? Um, financial education came to mind. And so then I was, I was like, you know what? Financial education is a type of thing where it, you really can, in the size of a tweet, in 150 characters or less, you can throw out some really valuable information. Um, and so I thought it was perfect. I thought that the, using pictures and the combination of tweets and other platforms would be awesome. And I think, again, it's just one of those things where a lot of people just aren't that familiar with it. Um, like I said, I really want to help people, um, you know, long term. Hopefully, as I grow my following, I want to, you know, be able to take people along my journey, my own financial journey. Uh, for me personally, that's going to be real estate. I want to be a real estate investor. Um, and so once I start getting into real estate deals, that's really going to be the the kind of the main focal point of the page of following me along that journey. Um, but also just general financial education that I think our schools miss. And it, it really just kind of, to be frank, pisses me off how, how much we, we learn in school and how little we learn in school when it comes to like, you know, your actual life. They don't teach you about taxes. They don't teach you about credit. Um, so many people get to college and have no idea what a credit history is, how to build it, um, and just saving and investing. And there's just so little knowledge about it. So it just, to me, it really just, it was all about just helping people kind of decide for themselves the route they want to take. One critique that I would have, so I'm a business major at Dickinson. I'm, I'm, were you a business major as well? Yeah. Right. Minor. So, yeah. So there's not, we take, there's one required finance course and it's really, I feel like it would be more beneficial to ha- have it be like more of like a, a personal finance class. I mean, obviously if you want to go into finance, you need to learn business finance and the tactics and skills that are involved with that. But I think a personal finance class, like that's not just solely dedicated to the business majors or the economics majors. I think a personal finance class, well, yes, business um, students can take that, but I think a class that could be developed is a personal finance class that teaches you, you know, how to budget your money, like how to save a bit, spend a bit, cut your student loans, uh, you know, start chopping uh, away at them. And I think uh, like that's something that for sure that our college, your alma mater and my current college is missing, but I think a lot of other places too, because you hear finance and it's just these, you know, big and you're studying the finance of big financial companies. I remember I would, I did a project on like Amazon and like some other Tesla, Nike, big companies like that. But what's super important is 
you're making an investment in yourself in going to college and you want to see a return on that investment. But, and many times you will, but if you don't know how somebody who's making a hundred K can be in way more debt than somebody who's making 50 K, but the person who's making 50 K might know how to budget and spend and invest their money uh, in a better, more efficient way. So I think that's something that's, that's missing from the college education system and even in high school, even. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wrote an article in the Dickinsonian or or school paper. I wrote an article about the need for a financial literacy course. Um, And it was well, you know, it was appreciated and people had thought highly of it, but it's all about introducing that curriculum, who's going to teach it. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. But, you know, I really thought Dickinson could have become that leader and just especially liberal arts schools where you want to you want to dabble in a little bit of everything. That's the perfect opportunity to kind of incorporate that sort of course. And you thought anything about um, student loans. I mean, what about grad school? What about opportunity costs? Like people, people just jump into grad school and it's like, well, do you have you calculated how much two years out of the workforce is going to cost you? Have you calculated different options, uh, different financial aid options? Is it necessary? There are some fields where you absolutely need to get an advanced degree, but there are others where have you asked enough people? Is it necessary? Are, are there other ways to get that information? So um, when you mentioned return on investment, I mean, that's already a step above where a lot of people, I think, go to right away uh, because a lot of people just don't think that way and, and instead are kind of, you know, it, it, and it's not their fault. It's the, the fault of kind of our system and, and what it is of we've built a norm where the degree matters more than the cost of the degree. And it really shouldn't be that way. You need to be thinking in terms of value, basically. Absolutely. And I think what people, what I'm hearing a lot of people say now is, well, the job market's bad, so I'm just going to go to grad school or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it's like, okay, well, maybe the, the job that your, your dream job might not be available or feasible at the time, but I, I don't think that just deferring to take on more loans, I mean, unless your parents are paying for it, then if they are good for you, like, that's fine. But you know, if, you're, if you're paying for it yourself or at least a portion of it, like that's a significant chunk of money and grad school is a lot of times more expensive than undergrad. And also they don't tend to give as much financial aid and scholarship. So I think that's a problem that we're seeing is people just deferring to go to grad school um, just because they don't think that the job market is, is good. And that, that also comes with, people not understanding that there's different ways to make money online and you don't need to rely on just one stream of income. So, you know, I know, I know that you're going to have something, something, uh, something to tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned one, I think the pessimism about the job market, but also how about people who they don't know what they want to do yet. So they say, I'm going to go to grad school. And it's like, well, you're, you're kind of diving into a deeper hole the further along you go, because all you're, you're, you're investing in yourself as an education, great, but you're also, what if at the end of grad school, you want to do a whole 180? And that's not what you wanted to do. That's not what makes you happy. And whereas instead, you could have just asked yourself these questions and really dove deep and really done the internal work necessary to get those answers, right? So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of asking yourself, what is it that's going to be fulfilling? What is it that's going to make you happy? Is that what you want to do? And if it is 100% fine, dive in. You know, I'm not going to play it safe. I, dive in, invest in your future. I'm all about investing in education, but make sure that's the education you want. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's a huge, huge commitment. So yeah. What if MBAs or uh, like business, you know, not even just MBAs, but also just like grad graduate programs 
they required you to go out and do field work and actually prove that you did something and now you want to better yourself, not just I got a 3.8 GPA in college and I was in the consulting club. Uh, now, you know, get me into Wharton. So, I, right. I, you know, I think that's an interesting thing I've been thinking about. Something I've been thinking about is, you know, what if MBA programs, other kinds of master's programs require some sort of field work before going back as, you know, I, some, some programs do, but, you know. They probably wouldn't want to though. Imagine, imagine yeah. when Wharton required all the applicants to do the field work. You'd have to think a good amount of them are going to say, you know what, forget Wharton. I, I, I realize I don't need it. And so they're going to lose out on applicants. So, but yeah, I mean, that would, that would be awesome. I mean, MBAs, the thing I do like about MBAs is the average age of an MBA these days is like 26 to 29 ish. Yeah. I did up. see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not it's typically for MBAs, you're encouraged to do field work. You're encouraged to, you know, find some sort of, of specific niche within finance, within business, and then pick up on that um, later on in your career. But yeah, I mean, for other schools, jumping in from undergrad, huge, huge commitment. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of companies out there that are also willing to pay for you to go get your master's if you do well enough in the company in your initial position and you start moving up, they'll literally pay for you to go back to school. So that's also an option that I think is hidden. But uh, I wanted to talk about uh, your writing at uh, the success bug. So I've read a couple of your reviews that you've done uh, for the success bug. So uh, can you talk about the kind of articles and reviews that you're writing for them and how you got started? Yeah, so shout out to the success book, man. I mean, it started by two friends of mine who, uh, Jay Washington and Marcus Cook, shout out to them. Um, uh, they were former colleagues of mine and awesome, awesome idea. They, they basically started this blog that was all about, you know, lifestyle, entrepreneurship at the forefront of it and, and just general success. And so they noticed that I was doing book reviews on Instagram. So again, the power of putting out content, right? Who knows you, right? So um, so they saw that I was doing book reviews on Instagram and they thought that it would be, it would symbiotic. It would be, it would be, it would make sense for me to just transition those into longer written form for their blog because we're, we're I'm reading books that are, you know, a hundred percent going to be in some sort of topic of self-development, entrepreneurship, personal finance. Um, so all of these topics are going to be related to the blog. And so they thought it would just be great to just keep doing the book reviews that I'm doing and just for each or once a month or whatever. Uh, write an actual article about them on the success book. So I've been doing that basically since a few, uh, about a month or so into the pandemic, I think. And it's been awesome. Love contributing to that, to the, to the blog. Um, they have great pieces. Their Instagram is booming to the roof. Um, so I love to see the progress they're doing in terms of the review itself. I mean, I, so my, in my Instagram and now my YouTube, what I'm really trying to do is the key takeaways and what I think of the book um, and, and, I kind of laugh about it sometimes because mo- every book review I write, I say that I love the book. <laughs> and it's, it's hard because I usually pick bestsellers. I usually pick popular business books. So they're all going to be good to, to an extent, right? They're all going to have some sort of value. So I think the point of the video isn't to see whether it's good or not. It, it really should be what's the key takeaways. What are the specifics to see if this book is for me or not? And in terms of the success book, I mean, it's really just a written form of that, really just a summary of the author. Uh, I do a final verdict where I, I rate the book out of 10 and most of them are going to be over eight, eight, eight over 10, but um, the, the specifics and the details and the key takeaways and the summaries, I think that's what's a lot of value or what gives a lot of value in those reviews. And I'm, I'm loving doing it. 
I love writing. It's, um, it's been awesome. Has there been any books that you didn't particularly like, or you didn't particularly resonate with and you felt like you had to give it like a good review or like you didn't give it an honest review? I'm curious. Hmm. No, I think I was honest with all of them. You know, actually, Crushing It by Gary Vee was, I think it was super relevant to what I was doing because at the time, that's he, he inspired me to cross-platform and do different things in terms of my posting on social media, Same. YouTube. Um, so Crushing It is a great book for people who want to be influencers or people who want to grow their digital platform. But it included a lot of chapters on like Musical.ly and, and Snapchat. And like for me, like, I don't really have a desire to kind of dive into that. Um, not saying they're not valuable. I mean, for, you know, to each reader its own, but for me, it was kind of like, okay, like, you know, move, move along. So right. that was one book where bits and pieces of it were excellent, great value, great topics, but the whole, I, I wouldn't say the whole thing was relatable to me. Sure. Well, that's most important. I think people, when they're watching these, you know, five, six, seven, maybe 10 minute clips or reading these articles, they don't want a summary of the entire book. They want right. to read it or watch it from someone who's relatable to them. You, you're not, I mean, yes, you're becoming an influencer and a public figure, but you're not hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. You're, you know, just like me, like we're trying to find our way in the world. We're trying to learn from other people who then learn from other people. And it's just a trickle down effect, right. but they want to hear, hearing their, your takeaways is going to resonate with them a lot more than you just, spewing a 20 minute review of the entire book right right yeah that's so i've been trying to kind of say you know this is great because of this or i or this i immediately picked this up and incorporated it into my life you doing xyz that's why i love habit books so i'm i love habit books because it's um you're telling me i get to learn the patterns and the behaviors of people who are successful people who are where i want to be um like hell yeah like i'm all i'm all for it so anything about habits and habit formations. And this past book about um, Atomic Habits by James Clear, I literally, as I was reading, I picked up different things and I, and I, and I started implementing them in my life. And so um, I think the power of reading really is just picking up the valuable nuggets and just incorporating them immediately because that's, I mean, if you just read it, close it, put it on your shelf, I mean, it's not, you're not really taking the action. That's kind of the second half of the, of the value or the second side of the coin. The more and more I read and mostly I'm reading books just like you have, like I've read, I just finished Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, which was incredible. Uh, I've heard a lot about Atomic Habits. Uh, I'm reading The 4-Hour Workweek right now. And, you know, all of these kind of books and all of these successful authors, entrepreneurs, uh, influencers, they, this formula seems to be very simple is they just developed habits that they continually saw change with. They saw positive change by implementing these habits. So when I started reading these books, I was like, well, maybe that's all it takes to start is just to start implementing these habits into my life, uh, which I have. I'm very big on habits and uh, you know healthy ones, obviously. And they've helped me a lot in my life and over my journey so far in the past couple of months. So what are some of these habits that you've developed and that have stuck with you in you know, your daily habits, your daily yeah, routine? So a big one for me that I like to see patterns, right? So the more, the, the more, the more successful people, the more people that are wealthy that um, or business owners that I, I deem successful in my own definition of success. Um, the more I read about them, I'm trying to pick up patterns of like, wait, sure. they all do this. They all do that. 
waking up early. Waking up early is across the board. Um, now, the amount of sleep you get can vary. I think that's a very personal thing. You know how you operate on six or five hours versus yep. eight hours. That's a personal thing. But waking up early, waking up at, you know, six, seven, before eight, like waking up in the morning or, or like um, early bird gets the worm, that sort of saying, literally across the board, without a doubt. So I've been trying to incorporate that. I mean, I, I'm trying to do 7 a.m. wake-ups. Um, it started at, as 8 a.m. wake-ups every day, even when I don't work, even on the weekends. Um, then it trickled down to 7.30, and now I'm at 7. Um, and who knows how early it'll go eventually, right? But the point being, um, I just want to get the most done with the most mental energy um, throughout the day. And so between 7 and 9, or, or I, I participate in the stock market, right? So if I wake up at 7, between 7 and 9.30, before the, the market opens and before the, the, my mind kind of gets in a frenzy, I figured out. I have two and a half hours to read, to study real estate, to, to do the things I want to do before I can, I have to lend my attention to something else. So the value of waking up early can't be overstated. Reading, reading is just, reading itself is just something I've, I've, so I first picked up reading because I read, and I don't know if this stat is true or not, I don't think it is, but something, something like the average American reads one book a year and the average CEO reads 60 books a year. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I'm sure there's a big variance <laughs> there. I'm sure yeah. some CEOs are like, no, nah, I read two, you know? But the point being, reading is a major part of those who are successful read. They consume knowledge. And I think reading is, reading is not the point of that quote. I think the quote is they're committed to learning. They're committed to consuming knowledge. Um, and so I've been just super obsessed with like just reading the most I can and um, blogs and podcasts and just taking in knowledge in different ways. YouTube, I, my YouTube is 90% educational. Like that's just what I use it for. It's not, and maybe some Avengers highlights and movie <laughs> highlights, but um, I'm really just trying to take the educational part of everything. So that's something I noticed. And then personal finance. Um, that's something where like saving, saving more than the average American, saving, you know, 20 to 30% plus if I can, um, living below your means, not lifestyle, avoiding lifestyle inflation. So as I get raises and promotions, don't, you know, also rise or increase my income. I mean, my expenses. Um, and then networking is another one too, just again, that, and that's where I think networking is where the, the social media game really comes into play. That's really where I'm trying to see, you know, help other people. And again, you want to be always be generous, always be giving. You always want to be giving and helping other people and things will come like things will come my way. You know, I, I'm not worried about getting things in return. Um, I'm not worried about, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I, I'm a big believer in like, you know, if you, if you give away enough things, if you, if you give people enough content, eventually they'll feel like naturally indebted to you. And it doesn't matter if they do or don't, but the point is like that, that feeling is all natural to me. So I, uh, I don't care about anything, getting anything in return. I just care about helping the most people I can't. Right. So I think those are the main ones. And again, those are things that I've studied and I've seen literally across the board. Most, all the people that I follow and all the successful people I follow is those things about, you know, waking up early, personal finance, being committed to it, um, income and, and just being committed to learning a hundred percent. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think just one last belief of, the importance of your mindset, right? So if you think you can, or if you think you can't, both are correct. If you think you can, and if you think you can't, both are correct. So 
that 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 notion of confidence, that notion of thinking you could actually make a difference and thinking you could actually change things. I think it's super important. I mean, Elon Musk. Uh, I talk all the time about Elon Musk, but I don't care about his money. I don't. Teslas are cool, but I don't care about the car itself. I care that back in 05 or whenever he started Tesla, he thought he can do that when nothing in the in the car space told him he could. Nothing, you know, all the big brothers, all the Fords and the GMs were laughing at him, and he still thought. I can change the world. I can create an electric vehicle. And, and now look at all these other companies that are behind him now. So that sort of belief and confidence is admirable. I think mindset is the biggest factor in dictating what you can accomplish and where you're going to go in life. And that was my biggest takeaway from can't hurt me. He was the dude. David Goggins was 300 pounds spraying rats at night and he went from that to running 240 miles, becoming one of the most decorated and accomplished military men the U.S. has ever seen. So I completely agree. If you tell yourself, if you're about to go run, say it's a five-mile race, and if you don't, if you tell yourself that I, I might not do it, I might not be able to get this, any sort of doubt, you've already lost. So keeping a positive mindset is super key. And the only way to do that is to keep seeing progress though. So you have to keep seeing, if you don't see any progress, doubt's going to creep up in your mind. I deal with that all the time. If I have a bad day or like I didn't get done everything I wanted to, uh, you know, I go to bed, I, I lay down at night and I'm kind of pissed or I'm kind of frustrated and I'm already thinking about the next day and what I need to do and what I didn't do today. So, but I think, I think just having the mindset and for me, writing things down, like not necessarily like a to-do list, but rather like I do like to block out like time of like what, of what I'm doing. And that's really helped me. Some people just like a to-do list. I more like to, okay, from this hour to this hour, I'm doing that. And I also agree with waking up early and reading every day. These are two, are two things uh, that I do every single day. I wake up at either six or six thirty, depending on what time I go to bed and then getting my reading in the morning and working out later at some point in the day, um, at least once or twice, like those are the things for me that I have to do or else nothing else matters. I'm not going to get anything else done if I don't get those couple of things done. That's awesome. That's, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, I just started writing out like during this hour, I'm going to do this during it because mm-hmm. I mean, I have ADHD. And so <laughs> yeah. I like, I literally, and I think it was, I think it was Brendan Burchard or someone said, but like, when when there's when it, there's no organization when there's no planning mediocrity reigns right like me like you you won't be able to you won't be at your full capacity you won't be as most as the most productive as you can be because you it's almost impossible you you haven't planned for it you haven't transitioned you haven't set up your mind for it and so i just started saying you know between seven and eight i'm going to do this and eight and nine i'm going to do this and that's super helpful absolutely so yeah i mean like, kind of like what you mentioned we all we should we should have those one or two things where as long as I get these two things done, as long as these two habits are reinforced and I do this well, then the rest of the day, then I can feel good about the rest of the day. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we all have those nights where we just go to bed and we're like, oh, I wish I could have done more. Yeah, but you can't let that discourage you and you can't let that leak yeah. into the next day. Yeah, for, I mean, yeah, 100%. If anything, you should get you more excited for the next day to get more done. I mean, or, or to catch up, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, every day has an end. Uh, and the point of getting and the point of getting up early is to get out get out ahead and kind of and kind of make things right so for sure absolutely so 
if we want to talk about mindset, I know that you attended the 10X Growth Conference uh, a couple months ago or however long that ago that was, which is incredible uh, for anyone who doesn't know the, the 10X uh, movement, the 10X Growth Conference is run by, it was started by Grant Cardone, who's a real estate juggernaut and just a big time influencer entrepreneur. And so tell us a little bit about what that was like, the kind of people you met, the kind of things you learned and your biggest takeaways from the 10X Growth Conference. And anyone who doesn't know what that is, go on YouTube after listening to this and just check out what that is. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably get a lot of ads and a lot of, um, you'll probably see it somewhere on YouTube or somewhere because this guy is a marketing genius. But Mm -hmm. the the highlights from it, uh, the one I went to in February was his fourth, third or fourth annual. and it was in, in Vegas and it was an awesome time. 13,000 people packed into an arena um, pre-COVID before we can do that. Um, and I mean, it was unreal. It was unreal. The, type, the amount of energy, the speaker list he had. I mean, Magic Johnson, Kevin Hart, um, Bethany Frankel, um, so, like, so, like John Travolta. There's just so many people who not only were obviously influential and well-known names, but also the business acumen was just impressive. And, and, and they all, again, this is all about through up and down that speaker list, what are the patterns you can pick up? What are the types of things that they're saying that um, resonate with you and are all the same? So that way you can incorporate it into your life. And I mean, it was incredible. The energy, some things I noticed were a lot of business owners were there very like, so if you're not, if you're a business owner, if you're an influencer, if you use, um, you know, if you use your phone and, and, and online and you and you have online businesses, Grand Card don't should be the top of your follow. I also noticed I was probably, you know, definitely on the younger side of the people that were there. And, and I felt sad about that. You know, I mean, again, financial education is the type of thing where you're like 25, 30, and then 30 into your 40s is when you're like, oh, wait, I actually hate my job. Or, oh, wait, this isn't enough money for me to have invested a penny into my 401k. Or what is a 401k? Like, that, like a lot of times I, I've noticed that people start to ask those questions too late. It's a failure in our, of our system. And so for me, just being the younger person in the crowd was definitely just stood out to me. And, and the, the patterns amongst the speakers, again, that's also awesome. But the people I met there were business owners. They were people who had been following Grant for a while now. Um, and so like me, I mean, Grant changed my life. Grant's the reason I'm doing all of this, right? So he does a lot of motivational stuff. If you're in sales, also, he's the number one sales trainer in the world. So definitely visit Grant for that. But um, and real estate. So motivational stuff and real estate were the two things that I said, you know, Grant Cardone is going to be my mentor virtually. Obviously, I don't know him, but he's going to be my virtual mentor. And he's been just that. So if you don't know who Grant Cardone is, I would definitely recommend um, checking him out. But his energy, his confidence, he's gone through a lot of stuff. His dad died when he was 10. He had a big drug prod, um, problem between 10 or between like 15-ish and 25. He was in and out of rehab centers until 25. And he didn't invest in his first real estate deal until 30. Um, and now he owns, you know, 6,000 plus apartments. Um, I mean, an incredible journey, incredible wealth, and he's just doing great things. And he's all about helping people too. That's why he does videos. He does so much video, so many um, deal analysis online. And he just helps so many people. So I think he inspired me to say, you know what, if you have a platform, help people, you know, help people at all times. It was awesome though. Yeah. I think that's a good segue into what I wanted to ask you next, which is your course that you developed, which is um, awesome resume writing. Uh, so can you kind of talk about that 
what inspired you to do that and how it's fared so far and the feedback you're getting. And just, just tell us a little bit about where that came from and, and how it's going so far. Yeah, so I actually, so I was a career coach when I was at Dickinson. I was a career coach at, our, at the Career Center at Dickinson for two years, basically. And I, um, so during that time, I was helping my peers and I was helping other students with their resumes. And a lot of my friends would come in and I would help them with their resumes or cover letters. And I noticed, you know, helping them put their best foot forward and helping them with their application materials. That was awesome to me. So, um, and it was the kind of thing where like, if once you learn how to write a resume, once you learn the type of things to look out for, those types of skills kind of stay with you. And so I noticed that. Um, and so I thought to myself, you know, if I, if I know these skills, if I know, if I know these things, why not put it, bring it to life post Dickinson. And so I had been thinking about it for about a year now. Um, and so now because of the pandemic, I, I thought, you know, this is the perfect time to bring it, bring it to life. And Udemy, Udemy, if you, if you're not on Udemy, it, it, it is an awesome, awesome platform basically for learning anything, anything you want. Um, any sort of skill, any sort of hustle that, that you're thinking about learning, Udemy probably has a course on it. And so I thought, why not, why not publish a course on Udemy? And, and so it was great. I, I just wanted to bring those lessons to life. It's only an hour long in total content. It's super short, but it's packed with just like, it goes section by section on how to build your resume. Um, I think the resume writing piece is really where I try to focus on there and, and how to write bullet points that are going to stick out, how to really articulate the value of your jobs. Um, and that's really the, the, the point of it is improving the resume writing and just some simple tricks of like what recruiters look for and the things that I've seen on my peers and, and even, you know, the people who I review resumes now, the things that just most people miss. And so things like consistency and things like formatting. So I think it's a great value. I mean, it was, I think it's twenty nine ninety nine, but for the most part, it's anybody can get like 30% off for it. Udemy for new users gives it away for like 12 bucks. So for me, I mean, the money is nothing. I, I've given it away for free for a bunch of people. Uh, so anybody who wants it could just DM me and I can give it away for free. So the money is not at all what it was for for me, but it was mostly just, you know, during the pandemic, when there are less jobs, more people applying for jobs, this can be an awesome resource for some people. Um, so it's been awesome. I mean, uh, it, it came out on Halloween day. So I think um, about almost going on three weeks now. Uh, not that much traffic to it right now. My, my main goal is promoting it and giving away for free in, in the groups that I'm a part of. Um, because again, Udemy is going to take over what with promotions and, and the way their algorithm works. Um, it really is just about, you know, getting students on and getting reviews, getting good reviews on it, which I've gotten a good amount of reviews um, and good feedback. And just hoping that, you know, Udemy takes over with the promotions and, and things take, take off from there. So I think at the end of the day, again, it's kind of the thing, if your intent should be to help people put the content out there, like your, your intent, you, you shouldn't go out and be like, I'm going to make money off of this. I'm gonna, like, that doesn't matter. That's secondary. You know, people are going to see right through that. Just put out content, put out value, help people. Um, and then they're going to ask questions. They're going to want more things. And then you're going to be like, Oh wait, I can, I can charge for that. Or Oh wait, I, that can be an actual service or Oh, oh, oh wait, that's a business idea. So I, I wouldn't worry about money. If I was anybody who's thinking about putting things out, I would just, and Gary Vee is a big proponent of that. Just like, I think the jab, 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 right hook, you know, he's a big proponent of just put, give it out, give it out, give it out. And eventually you'll get, you'll get the business idea. You'll, you'll, you'll learn that they're willing to pay for, for more things. So. And the thing about putting out content is it's there forever, right? right? So you keep putting out content and then you create more courses and then you come back and, or you get affiliates. And, but yeah, again, you, you, can point people to go back. Hey, like 
oh yeah, uh, you're having trouble with your resume. I actually created this, you know, I created this course. Um, here's like a code, like, so you, like here's, so you can get it half off or free or whatever you want to do. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not about the money. And that's what I, I tell people ask me all the time. Like you make money off your podcast. I'm like, no, I'm like, the, the, <laughs> no, I don't make any money off my podcast. I've done like not even 30 episodes, but what I am learning, I'm, I'm learning every single time I talk to someone, like I'm learning from you. I learn every single time I talk to somebody, I'm improving my public speaking skills by getting on camera and getting on the mic and I'm making mistakes. I'm messing up. I'm still learning, but our failures are the way that we, they're our greatest teachers is what I've found. And the more and more I do it, the more, the easier it becomes. And I'm sure you feel the same way uh, in terms of oh, that. Oh man. Hey, I'm a, I'm all about you either win or you learn. I might get that tattered one day. You win or you learn. There is no lose, like, you know, like just take the lesson from your failure and like look at Thomas Edison. Yeah. He failed a thousand times before getting the light bulb, you know, like you're going to fail, but it's, it's only a true failure if you don't grasp the lesson from it. If you don't reflect on it and say, Oh wow, that's what I could have done differently. Um, and that's for me, for me, that's been everything. I mean, I'm in options trading in the stock market. People don't know, but I, I lost in the pandemic over 1200 bucks doing dumb stuff and, and just like not understanding how options were priced and, and just, but now it's been going very well. And now it's been going much better because I, and I literally now I'm scrolling through options and scrolling through different options to buy and things. And I'm like, Oh, the old Mario would have bought that. I, I would have picked that one before. If I was, if this was the Mario in April and March, I would have done this and I would have lost money. And so literally like, forget about losing money, forget about failure, like just grasp a lesson from it and just hope for better things ahead. Because that's, if you're grasping the lessons from everything, that's what's going to happen, you know? So yeah, hundred percent. Um, and you mentioned public speaking and, and kind of improving your skills. I go back now to my, my first reviews and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like, wow, that's, that's bad. It's almost cringeworthy. Like I, I want to almost redo yeah. the video. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with my first couple of podcasts. Uh, I'm the same way. Right. I mean, but it, yeah. it's awesome to see though. At the, at, at the same time, you're like, wow, that's still on the internet for everyone to see. But also you're like, wow, there's so much room to grow. And, and it's, it, it's, you can't argue that the, the progress and the growth is there. Absolutely. So for you, what are some short-term and then long-term goals that you have for yourself? Um, so short-term, I want to get into real estate. <clears throat> so my, um, as a professionally, I want to get into acquisitions analysis. And so I want to get into kind of the commercial real estate, um, big firms or a small firm, but I want to be part of the team that analyzes their real estate deals. Um, so kind of their funnel, you know, they give me a big folder of deals. I analyze them and I'm, and I tell them, you know, that this is, the, these are the returns that you would get and th these deals work or don't. So short term, I really want to get into that industry. It's funny. We were talking about master's programs, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, this, this transition into that industry specifically has a lot of different ways to get there. One of them is getting your master's in real estate, super expensive. And I mean, in, in the pandemic, it's just not worth it if it's going to be virtual, right? I mean, right. especially in business programs, the networking is almost half the value. Yeah. So, so if you're not in person, like it, it, it makes it hard to do it, but also I had to like, you know, spend time researching and finding other ways to get those financial modeling skills and get the skills to help my resume stand out. So right now, short term, I've been just working on a bunch of Udemy courses, working on different um, classes and courses to get those skills. And, you know, sh hopefully soon I'll be, um, I'll, I'll become an acquisitions analyst and, 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 and work with that. Um, long term, also reading, reading is constantly a short-term goal for me. So like I write my goals down every day and read every day is a goal of mine every day. So every day I write, I read every day. Um, nice. 
And so it doesn't, like, it'll never end. It's kind of like Matthew McConaughey saying, you know, you know, getting to that person that you'll never reach. Right. Um, like it'll never end. I just, that's the type of person I want to be. So I'm going to, that's what I'm striving to be. Um, and then long-term I want to be in real estate. I want to be, um, I want to be in a real estate investor in multifamily apartments specifically. Um, and I want to be uh, kind of Grant Cardone level. I want to own thousands of apartments. I think that's not for the money. Again, not for the money. I just want real estate is one of those investments where you get paid every month. People pay rent. Um, so you get paid every month in cash flow and passive income. And so because I have that freedom, I'll have that income. Then I could continue to build my brand. I can continue to help people. I, um, I've thought about motivational speaking. I've thought about, you know, TED Talks. I'm super passionate about climate change. So I've thought about if I do, if I do anything entrepreneurial or like business and, and starting a business, I would probably join a group doing something with regards to climate change later on. So that's something that I'm super passionate about. That's why I love Elon Musk. You know, um, EV and electric vehicles are going to change the world, I think. So I'm super part of that. But yeah, I think for me, it's just building the freedom to, to do the things I want to do with my time. It is less about money. I could care less about money. My, what I really want is the freedom to do what I want with my time. Uh, and for me, that's, you know, helping others and, and traveling and learning as much as I can. That's the Tim Ferriss model is having options yeah. and freedom. That's what people really desire. Not yeah, Tim so Ferriss. I mean, yeah. it was huge. His book, I mean, his, if you have not read the four hour work week, go read it. Even I'm, I'm reading it right want, now. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't want a four hour work week, I, at first I was hesitant to read the book because yeah. I was like, no, I like working, but it's, it's way more than that. It's a it's mindset. That. Right. Yeah. It's, right. It's, it's mindset. More than that. It's more than that. Mariel, thank you. I appreciate all your wisdom. If you could leave <laughs> everybody with, and me, this is my favorite part of the, one of my favorite parts of the podcast. I always get to learn. Uh, you know, a quote that you live by, um, just any sort of advice that you try to live your, your day by that you think others could benefit from, what would that be? Um, two that are interrelated is I, I wear a Grant Cardone bracelet that says, uh, success is my duty. Nice. Um, so f- to me, I just want to reach my full potential. And, from, and But I think first you need to define what success is for yourself, right? Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say you're not successful if you're not rich. That's just not true. Uh, so define what success is for yourself and go get it. And another one is by, um, I think Denzel is the originator of it, but I don't know if he, but I, I, I know that I heard him say it and it was, um, without commitment, you'll never start without consistency. You'll never finish. Love that. And I think it's just about perseverance and start, have the confidence to start, believe in yourself to start and take that leap of faith, but also don't expect instant gratification and just keep going. Be in it for the long haul. And yeah. Keep working hard and it'll come. I love those messages, brother. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Look forward to getting this episode out to everybody. Uh, if you're not following Mariel, uh, go follow him at the Mariel Arias, right? That's your mm-hmm. Instagram handle. He, go check out his book reviews on YouTube and at the Success Bug. And go check out his uh, Udemy course. All this will be linked in the show notes. Mariel, I appreciate your time. You're doing some awesome things. And I can't wait to see you get to Grant Cardone level one day. (laughs) Same, Dom. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome to see your growth in this. So appreciate it. Of course. Appreciate it, brother.